Thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight. I'm excited about where God has us. Amen. I am thankful for what the Lord is doing, what He is preparing. I thank Him for what He's doing to my own mind, helping me get a better mindset and a better grip on what He's wanting to do. And I think if we can all get in that kind of thinking and understand that God's up to something that's bigger than any one of us. Amen. He's bigger than any one of us. Somehow tonight, if God could help us get a fresh vision of where we are in relationship to His purpose, I believe it would help transform many things. Before I get started tonight, let me just say briefly that uh, my wife and I will be leaving town Tuesday uh, to take a little trip that you folks purchased for us for our 25th anniversary. We'll be out of town. Brother Landon will be in charge. He will be pastor. And so I don't think you have anything to worry about. Just pray that we make a safe trip and come home. That's all that matters to me. And uh, look forward to that. I want to turn your attention for a few moments tonight to the book of Luke chapter 4. This is one of those passages that's kind of been ruminating in my mind for many, many weeks. And I didn't know when I would ever have the opportunity to really address it. But I feel led tonight to do that. I did tell somebody this morning after service, I'm going to have to get in shape if I keep preaching like I've been preaching. I can tell you that much. I'm not, I felt it after church this morning, but I feel that anointing again tonight. I want to direct you to the 16th verse, Luke chapter 4. Reading down through verse number 21. Luke chapter 4 verse 16. And he came to Nazareth. Where had been, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. And he gave it again to the ministers and sat down. The eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them. This day. Everybody say this day. This day. Is this scripture fulfilled, brought to fruition? All of its intent and purpose brought to pass. It has been fulfilled in your ears. Amen. If you would give me an opportunity tonight, I would like to read a couple of different translations of this portion of Scripture, in particular verses 18 and 19. From the message translation, it reads like this, God's Spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor, sent me to announce pardon to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the burdened and battered free to announce this 
is God's year to act. Amen. This is God's year to act. The New Living Translation reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He hath anointed me to bring good news to the poor, sent me to claim to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Amen. I hope the Lord will help me tonight. I want to talk to you from this subject. It is the season of restoration. It is the season of restoration. If you believe that, I want you to clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. Thank you for your worship tonight. Standing God's purpose. Verses are the keys to understanding God's purpose in the earth at this time in which we live. As Jesus stood in the synagogue that day, Revelation came to all who would hear his words. From that day until now, that word has been released and that promise has always been there. He declared that day that he was not there by accident. That he was there as an anointed one. The word anointed means that he was commissioned, he was assigned, he was sent. It was no accident that he showed up in the synagogue that day, and it was no accident that he turned to Isaiah and read the prophecy that he had reminded them of, that there was coming a day. And he announced to them in their hearing that my purpose in being here is for what you have just heard. His ministry would affect the heart, the mind, the soul, the body of mankind. It would liberate, it would heal, it would deliver, it would set those who are bruised at liberty The scope of that ministry would be to those who had been treated unfairly by life. Those who had been bound and broken. They had been captured and burdened. They had been impoverished and downtrodden, oppressed and suppressed. He declared that day that the gospel he had come to deliver would be the great harmonizer of mankind and all of the conflicting interests that the human body and soul would find. It alone has the power to elevate humanity to the level that it was made to live in. It alone can reclaim the fallen. It alone, the gospel alone, can heal the brokenhearted. And it is the gospel alone that can deliver the captive. He said that I have come for not only a fourfold purpose, but a fivefold purpose. Number one, he had come to repair. He had come not only to repair, but to release And to help recover and to restore the brokenhearted, the captive, the blind, those that were bruised by life. There was a ministry of reconciliation that had come to the world in which the world would never be the same again. But in my reading of this text, one part of this verse that we seem to skip over and we often ignore is the last statement that he made. That he had come to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. 
the acceptable year of the Lord referred to, spoke of the year of Jubilee. It was a very special and important event in the Jewish mind. Though they had never really celebrated it, 50th year law that God had given them, that on every 50th year, there would be a season of release and men would be restored. There was nothing that was more powerful in the mind and in the hopes of God's people of old than that fact that on that 50th year, no matter how rough life had been, no matter how many mistakes they had made, no matter what kind of oppression they had fallen under, on that 50th year, there was going to be doors open to their lives that would be opened in no other time. And in that year, things would be set right. They would be restored the land that they had lost. They would be restored the things that had been taken from them. If they had been sold into slavery because of indebtedness, they would be freed from their slavery and they would no longer feel alienated. Property would revert and go back to its original owner. And the man who had been enslaved would be no longer a slave. Debts would be canceled and there would be great celebration. It was, in essence, an opportunity to start over again. It was a chance for them to reclaim things that had been lost in their life. And that happened on the 50th year, the year of Jubilee. And though there is no evidence among Jewish history that they ever followed that code, it still remained on the books until the time in which Christ came. And it formed the ideal and the hope of all people that one day, one day, all of these tragedies are going to be turned and I am going to be allowed to rise again. And when Jesus stood on that day, he announced to the world that that time of jubilee had come. It would be a time to rejoice. It would be a time of release. The opportunity to repossess what had been lost would be theirs again. The very word itself, jubilee, means to cause, to bring back, or to recall or restore. God gave them the celebration to right some wrongs. And to turn the tide in their life. And to be able to possess again things that they had lost. It provided for those who had sunken in life to get back on their feet and start over again. When I was studying this a while back, I began to look deeper into the words that Jesus spoke. And I was moved by the word that Jesus chose to use in reference to the year of Jubilee. It did not speak of a particular year. It did not speak of a specific date. But when he used the word year, he was referring rather to a season of time, not a particular date. He was referring to a period of time. And I do not find where that period has ever come to an end. So I stand before you tonight to declare that this is still a jubilee time for the world. And it is a jubilee time for the church of the living God. Amen. When I think about that, it makes me look at things differently than I have in the past. When I realize that we are not just talking about a time frame, but a season of the Lord's favor, it excites me to understand that my day has not passed and my opportunity is not behind me, but it's everywhere around me right now. 
that within our reach is the power to heal and to restore and to renew and revive so that we can reclaim everything that has been lost. Amen. It makes me look differently at what I'm doing as a preacher. It puts a new emphasis upon what I do. It puts a new burden upon my heart. I want you to begin to look at things in the light of His favor. That we live not just looking for a time like the fall or the spring or the summer. But we are living in that season right now. We have been living in that season. And the reason we have not recognized more of God's favor is because we have not looked for more of God's favor. The reason Israel did not enjoy the blessings and the benefit of Jubilee is because they didn't pursue it and they did not fulfill the promises of that. And that promise was there, but they never enjoyed it. I'm just wondering in my own mind tonight what I have missed already because I've been looking for a time when I've been living in the season of it all the time. I've been waiting for a service. I've been waiting for a certain message. I've been waiting for the right preacher when the reality is that all around me right now is the glory of power that can release me from my burden. It's already here. It's already here. What we need to start doing is looking for it. We need to start living in it. Somebody say, I need to live in it. This is the hour of opportunity. And in spite of the evil of our world, this world still belongs to Him. In spite of the tragedies of this hour, this world that I live in is still under God's care. And when God says enough is enough, that is the only thing that's going to bring it to the end. There won't be a political system and there won't be anybody other than him that said that's it. It's over because he is the one that is in control of all things. And I'm here to tell you right now that if we can just wake up and realize that we are living surrounded by the favor of God, why don't we wake up and start living and enjoying what God has provided? Amen. I think I need a new attitude and so I'm going to say you do too. I need a new attitude concerning what God is already prepared to do. Amen. We would, we, we, we could miss it like Israel did simply because we didn't practice it. But what would happen if in the morning you get up and you realize that I am living in the favor of God? Think that God has, shouldn't give you an arrogant spirit. It should humble you to think that God has given you favor. That when you wake up in the morning, that you are living in the day of opportunity. There's nothing that God cannot do for us, church. There is nothing that God cannot work out. It may not come in my time frame. It may not come in the way that I wanted it. But if I will just hold on to Him, He will bring it to pass and He will fulfill His promise because He said this is the year of the Lord's favor. This is the season. This is the time of God's favor. Amen. It ought to make us pray differently. Praise God. When you understand that God's favor is on your side, it ought to make you pray differently. Not begging, not pleading, but proclaiming. And declaring. Hallelujah. Some people throw prayers out like people shoot buckshot. They just pull the trigger and hope that something will hit somewhere. 
when you begin to understand that you're living in the favor. The favor of God is all around. It's available right now for us. We can enjoy it. We can live in it. And when you begin to understand that and you begin to formulate your prayers based on that knowledge, it will change the way you pray. You won't be backing up when you pray. You'll be going forward when you pray. You'll be declaring in the name of Jesus by the authority of the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It'll change the way you worship. Worship won't be a formality. It won't just be a part of the service schedule. It will be a part of your spiritual journey. Oh yes. Something happens when I worship him. He likes it. Amen. He, 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 he enjoys hearing his people lift their voices and acknowledge him and his greatness and his power. There's something happens when we begin to acknowledge the greatness of the Lord. And when we get out of ourselves and we get out of our human mind and we take on that spiritual mind and we begin to praise him in the spirit. And we praise Him with understanding. Something transpires. And there is a ministry of the Holy Ghost that takes place. I can't explain it all. I just know I've experienced it too many times for somebody to say that that's just hocus pocus. I'm here to tell you that there's delivering power. There is liberating power when you genuinely... Immerse yourself into an attitude of worship and you abandon yourself to praise to Him. Something supernatural always happens. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise right now. When I begin to understand that I live in the atmosphere of the supernatural, it will change the way You come before the Lord. Amen. You know when your parents. Well let me be careful how I say this. Most of us. Limit our request. Based on what we. Ability. To take knowledge. That our parents have the ability to take care of. If they know you've got a hundred dollars in the bank, they're not afraid to ask for a hundred dollar pair of shoes. And some of them think if you've got credit cards, that's even better. But we base our request On some kind of basic understanding of what our parents have the ability to take care of. But I wonder what would happen if your parents had unlimited resources. I wonder how your prayer request would change if you really understood that your father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And he owns the hills and he owns the oil that's in the hills. And he owns the resources that are in the mountains. I wonder how it would change our coming before him. When we recognize that nothing shall be impossible with God. That nothing is too hard for God. Oh. Then when you start thinking like that, Brother Dwayne, that little pain in my body, it doesn't seem so big after all. That thing called cancer doesn't seem so impossible after all. That thing called heart condition doesn't seem so unsolvable after all. When you realize that he has the ability to make right whatever is wrong and that his whole purpose in coming was to help restore and renew in my life, then it makes me bold to come before him and say, Lord, this is what I'm asking for. I want my family. I want my children. I want your blessings on my family. I want your favor on my children. 
There's nothing wrong with that. That's exactly what God wants you and I to do. Is understand that this is the season. This is the season. This is the time. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know a lot of us are like that old boy that got on the train years ago. And all he had was enough money to pay the fare to get from one side of the United States to the other. He had scrimped and borrowed and he had saved until he got enough money to buy a ticket. And knowing he didn't have anything more, he brought a lot of cheese and crackers along with him. When he would get hungry, he would go in to the little area where people were eating and he would sit down and he'd pull out his bag of crackers and cheese. And he'd nibble on it. He looked across the table there. There's this fine meal that they bring out. Nice glass of tea and all of the trimmings. And man, he, he looked back at his own cheese and crackers and he thought, man, it would be great if I just had a little more money. Some of you are smiling. You already know the story. But that's, this is the whole truth about how we live for God. We live for God as if it's going to really put him out if he takes care of one of our problems. That it's just, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tax you on this one. I'm going to stretch you on this one. You and I haven't even come close to stretching God yet. You know what? I have a feeling what the Holy Ghost has been talking to me. God's wanting me to stretch him. God's wanting me to prove me. Testament. Prove me. Prove me. Come on. I'm not afraid of the test. Prove me. Bring your tithe. Honor me with the first fruit of your increase. Let that be a law in your heart. And watch what I can do when you put me in that place in your life. We go through life nibbling. We get by. We have one good Sunday. Oh, we shout. And then we have three or four that we're not shouting too much. We feel the Holy Ghost. Then we don't feel the Holy Ghost. You know what I've learned? Whether I feel him or not, he's still here. It really doesn't have anything to do with what I feel. It ought to have something to do with what I know. That God inhabits the praise of his people. And so when people get together and start calling on his name, he's going to be there. You don't have to worry about it. Whether you feel it or not, you need to just recognize. I don't know where you're at right now. I don't know what you're about to do, but I know you're in this place. And I know you're about to do something. The old boy makes that trip all the way across and finally he gets to the point where he just can't stand it anymore. And just out of curiosity, he asks a porter who comes by, Sir, just, just what, how much would one of those meals cost if I had the money to pay for it? He said, cost? What do you mean cost? That was all part of your ticket when you bought it. Ah. When God baptized you with the Holy Ghost, he gave you more than just a, a tongue that would jabber a little bit every once in a while. He gave you more than just some goosebumps that you could feel every now and then. He put his spirit in you. That same creative spirit that spoke in the beginning and said, let there be. He imparted part of that into my life, your life, when he filled us with his spirit. I'm not saying that I have the power to create, but I do know the one that has the power to create. And because he's living in me, I've got a connection to him. I shouldn't be afraid to come before him and say, God, there's a need in my family. God, there's a need in my body. God, there's a problem on my job. I need you to help me. I need you to work it out. I need you to make a way. I need you to provide for me. And when you start living in that expectancy, oh, it changes everything. Amen. Amen. It changes everything. You pray differently. You worship differently. You act differently. You know, my office is pretty much an open door for most people. But there's some of these kids, they know. They don't have to knock. Because Poppy said it's all right. They just come barging right in. Parents, oh, no, 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 no. 
You know what? That doesn't bother me. I'm glad they feel comfortable enough that they'll, they don't feel like that's a bad place to be like some people do. Yeah. yeah. They hadn't learned that yet. You hadn't taught them that yet. I don't want them to ever learn that. Because just that same way is the way God wants me to feel about Him. I don't have to check God's schedule to see if He's got time to see me today. I don't have to call a week ahead of time to get into the office so I can tell Him what I have need of. I can open my mouth any time of the day or night. And because this is the year of the Lord's favor, this is the season of His favor, He said, I'm here, I'm ready to do something for you. Up and realize this. I'm telling you, church, this, if we don't wake up and realize this, we're going to be just like Israel. We're going to look back one of these days and we're going to recognize all the things that we missed because we didn't have the boldness to step out and say, God can. You say, but Brother Hughes, what if God doesn't? Well, I'm going to leave that up to God. I'm not afraid to ask Him. Because he told me to do that. He said ask. And it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door. But that's not it. In the Greek translation of that verse. It is active progressive language. Which means you knock. And you keep on knocking. You ask. And you keep on asking. You seek. And you keep on seeking. Amen. Do you think that gets on God's nerves? No. God's not like us. You know, we got some little kid. Daddy, 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 go away, son. Not now. But he doesn't ever do that. He, he's got an open door. Oh, that's what Jubilee's about. It's an open door. And we've been standing there looking at it, wondering, can I go through that? Yeah, you can go through it. Can I live in that kind of atmosphere? Yeah, you can live in that kind of atmosphere. Am I telling you that you're never going to have a trouble? No, I'm not telling you that. But I am telling you that if you're in trouble, there's nobody better to have with you than the Lord. And He can keep anything, anytime. So it doesn't matter where you're at, whether you're in the prince's palace, the king's palace, or you're in jail. It doesn't matter. God's right there with you. And he'd work in either place. He said, I have saints in Caesar's household. And he said, when, when Paul and Silas started praying and singing in jail, I think I'm going to go join them. Amen. But you need to start opening your eyes to the reality of what God is up to. You see, we keep hanging this carrot out here that if we keep praying, one of these days we're going to have revival. We keep praying, one of these days there's going to be this breakthrough. One of these days we're going to see this great outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We need to stop looking like that. We need to open our eyes and look around right now and realize, hey, it's not tomorrow. It's not next week. It's not next month. It's right now. That's This is God's time of favor right now. This is that season for God to do that kind of thing. Amen. It needs to change the way we worship and the way we do church. Amen. Not just go through some ritual. You know what I pray? I pray that one of these nights I start off preaching and we end up worshiping. Wouldn't that be a shocker? Oh man, you talk about wrinkle the hair on somebody's head. Brother you, that's not how we do it around here. You see, there are things available in this hour that are not available in any other time. There are doors that are open right now because he opened them. I'm just wondering how many of them I've passed because I didn't realize they were open. You say, but Brother Hughes, they weren't open. That door could be open simply by being unlocked. And if I don't try it, I wouldn't. This is the hour of healing. I still. Amen. This is the hour of healing. I still believe that God is able to heal. I'm not going to stop preaching that. I'm not going to stop talking about that 
Because I do believe that God is still the healer. And I believe that he is the deliverer. And this is the hour of restoration. And this is the hour of illumination. And this is the time of release. Amen. We need to start thinking differently. And if somehow I could challenge you tonight to begin to think differently about this whole situation. I believe that soon you would begin to act differently. Amen. And you would begin to speak differently. And if I could challenge somebody to begin to speak to their problem instead of letting their problem speak to them, something would transpire in your life. It needs to get a hold of every aspect of our life. One of the areas that I feel it needs to get a hold of in my own personal life is in the way that I give. Everybody say, in the way that I give. Amen. As a matter of fact, I'm going to start something tonight that we're going to start doing every service before we take offerings. And we're not, let me rephrase, before we receive our offering. Put it up on the screen. This is the prayer that we're going to begin to pray Over every offering that we bring to the Lord. Now, you listen to me tonight. I'm not preaching this because we're about to go into a building program. I'm not going to ask you for any more money when we are in there than I'm asking for you now. You just do what you're supposed to do for God. You pay your tithe or you bring your tithe and you give your offerings and God will take care of it. I've never been a person that's begged you for money and I don't plan on starting if I have to get out on the side of the road with a sign and say we'll work for food to pay for a church note. But I am going to tell you that we need to change the way we give. We need to understand that when we give, we're not just giving like we do to some other kind of organization. We're not giving like we do to some local charity. But we are honoring a principle of God's word. And God has tied promises to his principles. And this is how we are going to start praying. Upon the authority and by the orders of your word. I have given and it shall be given to me. Pressed down, shaken together and running over. I am a tither and giver, and I bring my tithes and offerings today into your storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked, and the curse is broken. I live under an open heaven. You pour out upon me such a blessing that there is not enough room to receive it. Oh, I can tell some of you are getting nervous right now. You're already afraid to open your mouth and start praying this. But that's nothing more than what God's word has declared that I should expect when I honor him and when I give. And if I will change the way I think about it, it will change the way God works in my life. Amen. We receive jobs and better jobs Raises and bonuses, sales and commissions, benefits and settlement terms, checks in interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, debts dismissed, royalties received. Why don't you name it all? Are you afraid to claim it? Are you afraid to speak it? Because my greatest desire is that my whole family will be saved. Walking with God in perfect health, abundance, and to walk in divine favor and blessings. I shall be blessed going in. I shall be blessed going out. And all that I do shall prosper. In Jesus' name. Amen. And so be it. Ah. Now I want you to start saying that with me. I want you to open your mouth and get that terrified look off your face. 
You're like some of these kids I've seen parents try to drag them through the door. You're not taking me in there. Yeah, come on in. Why? Because this is nothing more than what God's promised in His Word. And shouldn't it be time that we wake up? You see, the reason that I'm saying this is because some of you are giving, but you're not enjoying the blessings and the benefits of your giving. Because you're giving reluctantly, maybe, or you're giving just out of some kind of, well, this, this is what, well, this, this is just what we do. No. We do this because His Word said, honor me and watch me honor you. Amen. So I want to ask you, how many of you want to live in the favor of God? How many of you want the blessings of God to abound in the weeks and the months to come? I want you to stand to your feet and I want you to open your mouth and we're going to pray this prayer again. And the ushers are going to come and we're going to bring our offering tonight. We're going to stop receiving it. We're going to stop taking it up. I think we're going to start just receiving it. We're going to allow you to bring your, because that's what the scripture says. Bring it into the storehouse. Amen. Now, now listen to me. I'm, I'm not twisting your arm to do what you don't normally do. But some of us, we're kind of like this old, you know, you don't let the right hand know what the left hand's doing. Well, that works on some things, but that's not what he meant when he was talking about our honoring Him with our, our our offerings or our tithes, our giving to Him. Amen. It should be something we do with without fear or reservation. And as we're stepping into this, we step into it and we declare upon the authority and by the orders of Your Word. Come on, read it with me. I have given... And it shall be given to me, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I am a tither and a giver. And I bring my tithe and offerings today into your storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked. The curse is broken. I live under an open heaven. Pour out upon me such a blessing that there is not enough room to receive it. We receive jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, sales and commission, benefits and settlements, dates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and return, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, bills paid off, debts dismissed, royalties received, because my greatest desire is that my whole family will be saved and walking with God in purpose health and abundance and to walk in divine favor in blessing. I shall be blessed going in. I shall be blessed going out. And all that I do shall prosper in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so be it. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, ushers. If you only have a dollar, you bring that dollar and you give it to the Lord with this promise right here. Hey Amen. Some of you haven't, you, you haven't lived long enough to know what all God is capable of doing. But I'm telling you, I'm a living witness that out of nowhere, a phone call comes and somebody said, come by the office. I have something to give you. And when I went by the office, there was a check, not for some exorbitant amount of money, but for the exact amount that I needed to pay a medical expense at that particular moment. Why? I believe it was because we have made it a practice in our life to make Him that first In our life. And I believe that many of you are blessed tonight. Because you've done the same. Brother Cheryl shared with me. Years ago in Dallas. Very lean times. Very 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 difficult times. He said I made a commitment. One thing I wasn't going to go back on. Was my honoring of God. With my offering and my tithe. 
And I'm here to tell you that when you honor God like that, don't you ever doubt one moment in your mind that God's not going to make a way for you and He's not going to provide for you, that He is not going to open a door somewhere. He's not going to keep you. If you will declare it, God has the ability to do it. Come on, lift your offering to Him right now and say, I bring it to you, Lord, tonight. And I offer it to you in a spirit of thanksgiving. And I rejoice that I have to give tonight. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody step out with me right now and bring your offering. Bring it with the promise. Bring it with the assurance that God is going to do great things because I have put Him first in my life. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I am not doing this because I have to. I'm doing it because I have the privilege of doing it. Hallelujah. If I could just give someone enough courage to rise up and stand up and shake yourself tonight and realize that we are living... We are living in the atmosphere of His favor. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I can tell I got some of you out of your comfort zone right now. You feel like you're on the edge of something. I, you are on the edge of something. You're on the edge of something that's going to blow your mind. Not because I told you that, but because God's able to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to get get in our mind that this is the time. This is the day. Amen. Now. Somebody say it with me again. Now. Now. Today. To possess the favor of God. Oh, to live in that favor. Amen. I think God is, I think God is ready to show himself strong in behalf of this church. Amen. I can't wait to see what God's going to bring to pass this week. I'm going to be bold enough to declare right now that before you get back to church on Wednesday night, God's going to have already taken care of something and He's going to have already opened the door and He's going to already have made a way. I'm going to say that right now. I I believe it. I'm not just saying that. I believe it. I believe the reason we don't have more is simply what James said. You have not because... You ask not. Amen. I want the favor of God. If I only have two cents to bring, I'm going to bring two cents. You say, that's not very much. It doesn't matter. Jesus watched a woman bring two mites. That's less than two cents if I understand it right. All she had was two mites, but she brought them. And the Lord stopped his disciples and said, hold, 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 hold. This is a teaching moment. Let me tell you something. You see that woman right there? She did more than all those self-righteous people that went before and they dropped. They, They said that they would come through. The big givers did this. The real wealthy people would come through and they would hold their money up high so when they dropped it, it would clank and make a loud noise when it hit the pot so everybody would know, ooh, the big giver's in the house. But the indication is that when the lady with the two mites came by, that she literally stuck her hand in the pot and let it go so there was no sound. Jesus said, hold on a second. This is what my kingdom's about. It's not about how much you give. It's about the fact that you give. Some people never give because they say they don't have enough to give. You don't have enough not to give. Praise God. Oh, I wish I wish I could get I'm messing with some of you right now. Some of you are so uncomfortable. You you like a cat in a room full of rocking chairs. You just don't know where to move right now. 
You're dragging me out on a limb. I want to drag you out on a limb. That's where this church has got to be. I'm tired of being comfortable. I'm tired of just being safe. I want to walk in the realm where we, we come together and people start talking about supernatural things happening. And it's just, it's like, wow, yeah, okay, man, that's great. It happened to me too this week. It's not like, oh, man, God, God, God showed up. Hey, folks, I got news for you. God isn't showing up. God is already here. Brother Landon, you take that out of your vocabulary. I'm going to take that out of mine. We're not talking about God showing up anymore. We're going to walk in here understanding that God's already here. And His favor's here. And His blessing's here. And His provision is here. And His healing is here. And His deliverance is here. Amen. What else do you need? I'm going to drag some of you until I get you here. (laughs) Come on, folks. God's trying to move us into another dimension. Amen. I don't use that phrase very often, but I'm telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost tonight. God's trying to say, come on, church. Come on, come on. I want you to rise. I I want you on a different level than you've been. I've been telling our staff for the last few months, I don't want you doing things like we've always done it. Because when we take the next step, what we're doing now isn't going to be adequate for what we're going to have to do then. So we want to start doing now what we're going to have to do then. Why? Because we're anticipating. We're believing. We're expecting God to do something sovereign and supernatural. And I am not going to back up. I'm not going to back down. You may get tired of me saying it, but I'm going to keep saying it until you get a hold of it. Oh, come on and clap your hands to the Lord and praise Him. Oh, yes. This is the season. Everybody say, this is the season. This is the time of restoration.